This is The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Good morning, it's John Moore. This is The Breakfast Wrap for Friday, March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day. The forecast for today looks like it's going to be a wet one. Periods of rain should end by afternoon. A little on the gusty side and a high of 8 degrees. Here are the five things you need to know. Number one, former Toronto City Councillor Anna Bailao will formally declare her run for mayor. Number two, Edmonton mourning two murdered police officers. Number three, Sarah Jama winning Hamilton in the by-election. Number four, City is considering banning cars in High Park. And number five, NDP leader Jugmeet Singh will join Moore in the morning at 8.20 this morning in studio. The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Well, there's a motivating riff to get you up if you're not up already. I appreciate some of you are already behind the wheel, stuck in traffic somewhere. Used to always, back in the day when I worked at another radio station, it was a music station in Montreal, and the host would always open the show like he was whispering to you in in your bed. And, you know, when I got to Toronto and we started doing the morning show eventually, and I would look up at the cameras that Lisa Morales has access to all the time, and it's like red light, red light, red light. Every, you know, it's, we already have a traffic jam. It's like Los Angeles. So uh, I can appreciate some of you are well into your day. Speaking of which, have you ever had one of those days where you wake up and you don't know what day of the week it is? I woke up this morning and I thought, oh, it's Saturday. I can go back to sleep and I'll get up and walk the dog later. And then I thought, no, I haven't done the interview with Jugmeet Singh yet. So it must be Friday. Um, We've got a really interesting show for you today. I mean, I'd like to think that every day we have an interesting show. But today, uh, it's going to be more evidence of that slogan I have, which is everybody comes to News Talk 1010 to talk or all the talkers come to News Talk 1010. So Jugmeet Singh's people called us up earlier in the week and said uh, Jugmeet wants on the show. So he's going to be live in studio, and I haven't seen him in the flesh probably for three years. So that's going to be interesting. But also we're at a, an interesting juncture, which is why Jugmeet Singh is that much more significant, I think, at the moment. Um, we've got a budget coming up, and the NDP are still squeezing the liberals like um, you know Italian olives. Um, looking for more concessions and more NDP-ish stuff in order to continue to backstop the Liberals. And they may be in a better position, and we'll talk about this, with this whole business of Chinese government intervention in Canadian elections, Justin Trudeau's kind of in a bit of a corner. And so when you're in a corner and there's an investigation underway, and you want to hold an election before that investigation report comes back in, then whoever is backstopping you in Parliament, you probably have to lean in on them just a little bit more. Um, So there's that. Then there is uh, Anna Bailao, and I'm not going to tease you. She already made it official. It's, It's been revealed, but she is going to officially unveil that, her mayoral campaign, on our show at 7.35 this morning. And that makes things that much more interesting in the municipal race, because I have said on numerous occasions, this is a completely open race. Nobody's had enough time to set the table. We're just going to have to eat the meal. 
And so Anna Bailao getting in, I think, makes it that much more interesting. She joins Giorgio Mammoliti, uh, Blake Acton, who I don't take seriously as a candidate anymore. And if he wants to trash me on Twitter again, go ahead, knock yourself out. If you think going after the morning show host at News Talk 1010 is your access to more votes, I think you're fooling yourself. Um, Josh Matlow still mulling it over and doing the dance of the Seven Veils. Ditto for Brad Bradford. Uh, I got an email a couple of days ago saying Jay Robinson was thinking of running. But listen, you've, you folks have got to get in. And thing, stuff got gets real this morning at 735 when Anna Bailao announces. And one of the interesting things in all of this, and we had a very frank discussion when she came by our studio a couple of weeks ago about the fact that she was arrested for and eventually convicted of uh, driving under the influence. And I'm very curious as to whether that is disqualifying for voters because when Jerry did it as, as a topic, for example, and I don't want to speak for Jerry, but I'm pretty sure he thinks it's disqualifying um, and he can correct me when he gets in. He's probably listening right now. Um, it was about 50-50. And I think the reason for that is that as, you know, when you think of Marco Muzzo killing a whole family, that is, that's beyond disqualifying. You know, you hope that that kind of takes him out of um, the mainstream for the rest of his life. But at the same time, being busted blowing over the limit is something that has happened to a lot of people. It's not something I would ever encourage. It's not something I would ever do. But, you know, is, can it be absolved? And, you know, it is not at all comparable to the blackface stuff with Justin Trudeau. But we've known about the blackface stuff for a good long time. And Justin Trudeau has been elected three times. So eventually you do get to a point where the voters have absolved you of something and you just keep moving. So we'll find out. Anna Bailao in studio with us this morning at 735. And again, without being too self-felicitous about News Talk 1010 and how we kind of act as a public square, but I think this mayoral race is going to be largely fought in media. And so in the studios of CP24 and News Talk 1010, for example, because people just don't have a chance to get out there and knock on as many doors as they might or make as many presentations. So they're just going to keep coming back to us. And, a, and another aspect in all this is I do think this is going to be a campaign about important issues. Um, Anna Bailao, for example, I'll leave it to her to reveal aspects of her platform at 735. But, you know, she's making a few things the centerpiece. It looks like Josh Matlow is going to make not completing the uh, gardener one of his centerpieces. I think Brad Bradford wants to make policing and public security one of his centerpieces. And, and I hope that all of the candidates are going to address the fact that there's a, there's a degree of distress in our city right now. You know, it's about the homeless people, about people with mental illness, about security, about overflowing trash bins and untended parks, about congestion. We've certainly talked about that considerably here, especially this week, where I just, I cannot believe, I, I, I wish I had a pylon franchise because 
this city is nothing but pylons. And then it's nothing but, you know, somebody building a condo and then taking away a live lane of traffic. And I keep thinking, I don't know why your commercial interest and your for-profit endeavor means that I have to give up a live lane of traffic. Let's say good morning to News Talk 1010's John Moore. John, happy Friday. We made it to the end of the week. Uh, let's start with this one. Former city councillor Anna Bailau is announcing that she's running for mayor. Uh, she's joining us at 710 and she's also join, joining more in the morning. Yeah, she's making the rounds this morning, formalizing the fact uh, the announcement was actually made via social media just a few minutes ago. But Anna Bailau is a former city councillor. Uh, she appeared on our show a couple of weeks ago while she was still ruminating about whether she's running. And one of the things that may count against her, I guess it'll be very interesting to see how the voters rule on this, is she does have a drunk driving conviction. But she's also advancing considerable policy, including, and we'll talk about this this morning, I'm sure you guys will as well, she wants the province to take over the Gardner and the DVP. Mm. She says, listen, 60% of the people who use it are not from Toronto, so you guys should be paying for this. That's kind of like asking your neighbor to shovel your walk. I don't know if it's going to work. <laughs> and it's interesting, John, because yesterday you kind of predicted that that would be one of the issues uh, in this mayoral race. So... Already kind of peeping its head there. And uh, turning to this, we we, uh, we announced this breaking news yesterday. Uh, two Edmonton police officers killed in the line of duty, and we now know more about the suspect involved. This is just a terrible tragedy, and I think also coming on the heels of other police shootings, several of them here uh, in Ontario, and police deaths, actually. One police officer was killed in a car accident here in Ontario, but two police officers, Travis Jordan, 35, Brett Ryan, 30, they were responding to a domestic disturbance. It turns out it was a teenage boy, 16 years old, who uh, is alleged to have shot the two police officers, shot his mother. She is wounded but may survive, and then took his own life. But all too familiar, I think, for so many people now that we know that within the next few days, there'll be another one of those formal and very somber police funerals. Mm -hmm. uh, turning to this now, uh, John, uh, Ontario NDP candidate Sarah Jama, she has won the Hamilton Centre by election. She has, a 28-year-old founder of a group called Disability Justice Network of Ontario. She was the NDP candidate. Get this, though, Jennifer, the voter turnout was 22%, which mm. is just pathetic. Um, she took 54% of that vote, 20% for the Liberals and 15.5% for the Conservatives. So she's off to Queen's Park. Yeah, okay. And do you remember what the municipal turnout was for this recent election? Wasn't it like 30%? I'd have to double check. Yeah, I, I don't okay. Remember. I just remember it was quite low as well, but 22%, that is certainly not a lot. All right, staying with politics, uh, Jagmeet Singh is pushing NDP priorities for the next federal budget, and he's going to be joining you guys as well this morning at 820. Yeah, we're having a great day. All kinds of friends are coming to visit. Mm -hmm. Jagmeet Singh, NDP leader, will be in our studio at 8.20 this morning. And what's interesting here is the timing in all of this. Uh, we have a budget coming up, so uh, the NDP are trying to squeeze the Liberals for some more NDP-friendly programs. But also, as things begin to become a little, uh, you know, heated when it comes to the controversy of Chinese election interference, Justin Trudeau may want to go to an election sooner or later. So the mm -hmm. NDP really have to either be on board or get out. And so we'll be talking to Jugmeet about that. All right. We'll have to see what happens there. And, uh, John, we always end on something a little interesting and fun. Uh, <laughs> Toronto has been ranked one of the worst cities to survive a zombie apocalypse. Let me guess. Is it the traffic? <laughs> 
It's it's funny. They came up with a rubric of five categories of data in order to decide which Canadian cities oh would be better to be in if there was a zombie apocalypse. They are vulnerability, hideout, supply, safety, and mobility. Mm. And Toronto's actually one of the worst cities. The best city to be in would be Edmonton. I think that's probably because of the wide streets. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I'm a huge zombie fanatic, mm -hmm. and we have so many zombie shows, including The Walking Dead and uh, The Last of Us. Right. And I've always found myself wondering if I would survive the zombie apocalypse. And frankly, I don't think I would. Oh, no, don't say that. Well, let's bring in Bill. Uh, Bill, yeah. do you think John would survive a zombie apocalypse? John would absolutely. <laughs> there so few people on the golf course. He would be fine. Uh, no, I think Edmonton, also, I, I, I'm kind of in the process of reading World War Z, kind mm -hmm. of getting towards the end of it. And a lot of the way a lot of people survived was going to northern prairies, uh, where I think it was Manitoba, where because in the winter, they were frozen in their tracks so you'd have oh. all winter to kind of just see them uh, kind of flailing around a little bit as much as they could uh, then when the spring thaw came that it was a big problem <laughs> but yeah you have much longer colder winters in Edmonton so it kind of makes sense right John so we just have to go uh, <laughs> and migrate further west if the zombies come and bring your golf clubs <laughs> I don't want to go to Edmonton <laughs> oh come on they got a great mall they do and it's a dry cold and the mountains. Who doesn't like the mountains? Oh, there's so many uh, crevices to hide around in and Edmonton. And you can run up the hill. John, John's pretty <laughs> Maybe an old roller coaster somewhere, too. All right. News Talk 1010's John Moore. Have a great morning Bye, and a John. great weekend, John. <laughs> All right. That was a bit of a spiral. Uh, Jennifer Shang and uh, Bill Coulter, who loves to... Uh, chirp at me, both on the golf course and occasionally. you got to be a fairly attentive listener, I have to say, because you'll hear him say something in the background, and he's not actually on a hot mic, so he's just heckling. And the anchor on the floor can hear him, and I can hear him through a floor feed, but uh, I'm not sure how frequently Bill's Weisenheimer routine ends up on News Talk 1010. Um, yeah, but the zombie apocalypse, fun thing to talk about. And incidentally, the reason I think I would not survive is just because I've always found myself wondering. I'd, the, the whole challenge of these sort of post-end-of-the-world uh, movies is how do you actually supply yourself? And once you finish raiding all of the stores and eating stuff out of cans, do you actually have the capability of, you know, farming? What do you do about medicine? Do you actually know how to, um, you know, do, run plumbing? Whatever. I just always figured I'd probably end up being eaten by a zombie a long time before I got to any of those issues. So it's uh, 5.25, and let's press the reset button because there's a bunch of other stories we haven't even got to yet on the show this morning. And incidentally, we have so far neglected to declare that it is a sweet, sweet Friday. It's a sweet, sweet Friday! All right, there it is. Put the smoke up the chimney. It's 525. You're listening, You're listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. This is More in the Morning on News Talk 1010 Toronto. Well, it's a marvelous night for a moon All right, so we're going to specialize in Irish artists today? That's okay. I'm in. There's... A plethora, a surfeit, I might add. It's Friday, it's St. Patrick's Day, spring is a coming in. It's a sweet, sweet Friday! There's a lot of things to feel good about today. Although one thing you can't feel good about, obviously, is uh, this tragedy in Edmonton. And there has just been too much death 
when it comes to first responders. And we're now at, if, uh, if I've done the math, I think we have seven officers who have died in just about the last six months. Uh, six of them murdered and one was killed in a head-on collision on his way to work. Um, most of those officers were actually from the GTA as well, which is also very upsetting. But, you know, when you have a case of a 16-year-old boy and a woman calls 911 and says, my son, he wants to kill me. And imagine being the officers who respond to that scene. Uh, I've been told by people who serve that domestic responses are the most chaotic, fraught, and dangerous things because you never know. And, you know, even from a modest experience, you know, that, that I had in all of this, I remember once in Montreal, there was a man who was yelling at a woman on St. Catherine Street. And I said, leave her alone. And she turned to me and said, mind your own business. And I thought, okay, I'm out. But that tells you what the dynamic of domestic disputes can be, which is you have no idea if you have an ally when you arrive on the scene and what the level of danger is. And already these people are at this elevated level of anger, anxiety, irrationality. And in this case, I guess the guy also had a gun um, down the road. I guess we'll figure out what the circumstances of that gun possession were. And if it was legal, I guess he had to go take it out of the box and uh, then get the ammunition and load it up. But a woman calls 911 and says, my son, he wants to kill me. Two police officers show up at the front door. They apparently, and this is eerily similar to the incident, well, incident, the tragedy that we had here in Ontario, they never even drew their weapons. He just fired on them. Constables Travis Jordan, 35, and Brett Ryan, 30, were both killed at the scene. And I never know quite what I think about a situation like this where the attacker kills themselves. Because is it better that they just took themselves completely out of the equation? Or would you prefer that they be tried, convicted, and jailed for the rest of their lives? But the gunman is dead. And I know I'm supposed to say alleged, but I really don't care. I don't think he's going to sue. Uh, here's the chief of police in Edmonton. Today, the Edmonton Police Service has been marked by a really an unthinkable and a horrific tragedy as two of our members have died in the line of duty. Constable Travis Jordan, age 35, had eight and a half years with the Edmonton Police Service. And Constable Brett Ryan, age 30, had five and a half years with the Edmonton Police Service. And as told one of the uh, dead police officers, Ryan, longtime minor hockey referee, former paramedic in Saddle Lake before he joined the Edmonton Police Service in 2017, survived by his wife, who was a paramedic, and she is pregnant with their first child. And then you have Officer Jordan, and Officer Jordan had a minor bout with fame back in 2020, a Facebook post was very widely shared. Jordan was the uh, subject of a viral post about being kind. He'd actually stopped a woman named Jessica Smitchley, who was driving her car in spite of the fact that it was covered in snow. So he pulls her over and she said, well, I have a broken snow brush. So instead of giving her a ticket, he actually got his own brush 
and uh, cleared off her car. And uh, later on, he bought a brush and uh, gave it to her. So the let's see, we got the mayor's race on. We've got the race for the liberal leadership at Queen's Park. And there's a bit of a gyration in that, which is that apparently former federal cabinet minister Navdeep Baines is being either pushed or is capitalizing, you know, pushing his own candidacy. Uh, he's 45 years old. There's a lot of buzz. He is said to have very good retail, as they say in the business. So he's the kind of guy who gets along with cultural communities and the general public. Uh, he's affable. He makes good speeches. So I know nothing about Navdeep Baines. So I have no idea if he is the fix for the provincial liberals, but they need a fix. He's a former innovation minister, left federal politics in 2021, now CIBC's vice chair of global investment banking, uh, and currently not talking. So again, it, it's funny the way things work in politics. Like, I can't tell you authoritatively, but I think the situation with the former police chief here in Toronto and his possible candidacy, uh, Mark Saunders, for mayor, I don't think that he's been tenting his fingers for the last little while saying, I'm going to run for mayor. I think that there are a couple of cabals in Toronto, left and right, and they go out and find their candidates and then they push them to run. And sometimes their candidates are very willing because they're ambitious and they always thought they'd like to be mayor. Other times they're like, oh, really? I don't know. I was reading a book and, and okay, I guess so. Um, I think, like I said, I can't tell you this is necessarily the case, but I don't think Mark Saunders has spent the last 10 years wondering about whether or not he would run for mayor. I think this group are somewhat, you know, left and right again they're often somewhat desperate because they're terrified of somebody else. And the right in this town right now is absolutely terrified of Josh Matlow. And they will do pretty well anything to try to make sure Josh Matlow does not become the mayor. So that's a speculative candidacy. Anna Bailao is now running. It's official. I always hate that headline, but you know, um, we've had enough people teasing us about maybe they're gonna run. Anna Bailao has said, yes, I am running. She'll be in studio this morning at um, 7.35, isn't it, that she's uh, popping in? Okay. So we'll talk with Anna Bailao at that point. Um, then we have the results of the provincial by-election. Not that big a surprise. I think the biggest surprise in all of this is how pathetic the takeout or the um, turnout was, 22%. Um, but a 28-year-old uh, who... Uh, has been a disability advocate because she has disabilities. She's in a wheelchair. Um, I'm trying to think, and you know, somebody listening right now will be able to fix my wagon in a second via text. I'm trying to think, aside from David Onley, the former um, lieutenant governor, I don't know that we've ever had anybody in the House of Assembly who uses a mobility device. And I would imagine the Queen's Park has been kitted out. I mean, certainly access to the House of Assembly had to have been arranged a good long time ago to accommodate David Onley, if not others. But uh, I'm not sure if the entirety of Queen's Park is uh, arranged for people with disability issues. But Sarah Jama is on her way. She won the election. And I don't have a lot of patience, I have to say, for people who 
take the turnout, then take the amount of the vote that you got, and then try to insist that you only have like 12% support. You know what? If you don't turn out to vote, then screw you. She's your MPP. Subscribe today and always hear the latest episode of The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. I'm always fond of uh, St. Patrick's Day because Montreal and New York have the biggest St. Patrick's Day observances and celebrations in the world. And Montreal, which has a fine Irish heritage, matter of fact, Quebec has an incredible Irish heritage and there's some curious aspects to that. For example, there would be uh, kids who would arrive in Quebec back in the 19th century and their parents would die, usually of cholera. And so they'd be adopted by French families but the families would let the kids keep their original names. And so it's not uncommon in Quebec to meet a guy named Michael St. Patrick, and he doesn't speak a word of English because he's descended from, you know, 10 generations uh, from that circumstance. Um, But yeah, Montreal, St. Patrick's Day is nuts. And I know that we celebrate it pretty well here as well. But if you've never seen how it unfolds with the parade that goes on forever, and then everybody piles into like the three Irish pubs. And I always, first of all, if you want to go get a beer, you know, you say, I'm just going to the bar. That's like an hour long ordeal. And it's usually so crowded that if you lifted your feet off the ground, you would still be standing. So um, I want to play some music for you right now, because here's the thing. Today on our show, I tell you, everything's happening on our show today. We've got people coming and going. We've got stories to tell you about. Um, Maureen Holloway is going to be here at 650, and we're going to give away $500. Uh, apparently, this is World Sleep Day, and I am prepared to honor that. Uh, we've got $500 we want to give away. We'll do it at 705. Uh, the money comes from Sleep Country, so thank you very much. Joe Cristiano put together a montage of, <laughs> like a rapporteur, a montage of five songs, all of which reference dreams. And we're going to play this numerous times between now and 705. And your job is to identify all five songs, and I'm going to give you $500. Here we go. Dream a little dream of me Joe Cristiano, I mean, the hook lines were in there, so you have to identify the artist, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and every one of them says dreams, so don't call me with dreams. Okay, very good. So identify the artist. And for anybody who's like, wait a minute, that came too fast. What? We'll play it again. Yeah, we won't. you won't be able to Shazam these artists. No, they're too short for Shazamming. I do have to say, though, like I'm restraining myself from referencing some of these uh, songs and artists. Uh, one of them is one of my favorite ensembles ever. Uh, but anyway, let's... You can reveal that at 7.05 after we have our winner. We can. Okay. So it's 5.51. And one of the things in the five things you need to know is they are 
trying to decide what to do about High Park. And like everything in this town, we've come up with 100 options and we're going to debate them forever. And then we're probably going to settle on one and then we're going to argue about it. And then somebody will be elected mayor and they'll change their mind. Uh, but the proposition is this. They could make High Park entirely car free. And that'll be our approach when we talk with Scott Reed on the morning brief at 620 and our pundits at 745. But I don't think it's going to happen. Other plans are, and you'd have to look at the maps. You can, Ben Spur writes about this in the Toronto Star, so you can take a look online. Um, but I, I don't know necessarily that we need cars in High Park. I've never driven a car in High Park. I've always walked or biked in High Park. And I guess an interesting comparison would be Central Park in New York City. But the thing about Central Park in New York City is, to the best of my knowledge, and again, Joe Christiana, you can fix my wagon on this one. Um, there are roads that actually run through Central Park, that you've, and there are tunnels and bridges to get by them. But, but yeah. I don't think you can actually drive a car in the park itself. You used to be able to, and then they had cut it off during like rush hours, so people could you know walk through the park, and then 10 to 3 or whatever, you could drive through it again, and then they cut it off. But I believe they may have cut it off completely. But yeah, the roads you were referring to are called the transverses, and they cut through the park East and West, tunnel. Yeah. 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 So you can get across like 72nd Street or whatever. Okay. So I don't think you have to be some crazy NDP tree hugger to say that maybe we don't need cars in, in High Park. And maybe you can walk to where you're going. I mean, the tennis courts and the pool aren't that far away from Bloor, are they? It's 5.53. And, uh, well, I did promise you I was going to tell you about this story. So we'll do this before we take a short break. And that is a Toronto gym that is hosting a self-defense course for TTC commuters. Training is taking place at an organization called Fit Company in Leslieville on Girard Street. And they're offering a session on Sunday, April 2nd from 1.30 to 3 p.m. about self-defense. And actually, you know, I'd be curious about this because I'm always curious about learning new things. But it also kind of weighs heavy the idea that we've reached the point that we're offering self-defense courses for people who are just using our public transit system. Now, the latest stats that came in quite recently suggest that the police presence on the TTC and the added security guards were having an impact and there were fewer incidents. But at the same time, I mean, we've had numerous murder attempts. We've had a person who was murdered and uh, then we have a person who was threatened with a broken bottle. So the TTC is a somewhat unattractive destination for Torontonians these days. That's The Breakfast Wrap. Thanks a lot for listening. My name is John Moore. I hope we'll talk again soon. You've been listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Don't forget to subscribe and get the latest episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And listen weekday mornings from 5 to 9 on News Talk 1010.